BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's good, y'all? This is Breeze Bruin from the Mighty Juggernauts. And make sure you subscribe and download the podcast. Library Rap. The hip-hop interviews with Tim Kell. Hip-hop journalism on the highest level. Yeah, what's up? It's your boy, Joel Ortiz. And I want everybody to make sure that they subscribe and download the podcast. Library Rap. The hip-hop interviews with Tim Einenkel. Yo, Tim, I hope all is well. You my guy. I know these interviews are not interviews. They're actually conversations. And I appreciate them all. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is IT. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It is old fucking official. Alright, stop playing. Download and subscribe. Library rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. You know what I'm saying? What can I say about my next guest that hasn't been said? He's an actor, singer, producer, MC, Lady Killer, Goody Mob, Nars Barkley, solo artist, family man. He's CeeLo Green, and I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Einekel and allhiphop.com. CeeLo Green, thank you so much for being here, man. Peace, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, so I want to start, obviously, from the beginning. Uh, the Goody, Goody Mob, the name was, my understanding, was a street name. Um, so how does it go from this, quote, unquote, street name to this kind of this impact this force of this crew that kind of just took the musical world by storm it was pretty seamless uh once we uh were set into motion um i wasn't there i was aware but i was not there or a part of uh the street element um but i did know you know the players involved and they are still very much a part of who we are uh, as an organization and a family to, to this day. Um, and the hearts of those men um, are actually very family orientated and um, very um, inclined industrially in terms of, you know I mean, um, them having a clear vision just about business and, you know, things of that nature. So I, I'm, I'm saying that to say it's almost as if it was a natural progression. You know what I mean? Like if you can only trust in the process, you know, uh, uh, you know, so 
I think I think I'm answering that right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But as as far as far as far as the the meaning um, and the the life that it took on um, the mantra um, and banner, you know, it was just us coming to a realization, a collective realization uh, that there was something greater. Uh, a greater purpose purpose for us to serve, um, not just to solely entertain, but um, actually we would be uh, activists in in one regard. Because I mentioned this on a number of occasions that you know we were then fighting for the civil rights of Southern hip hop and the equality, you know, of of our art form in particular and our expression. So, um, you know, I think. You know, that took a precedence, you know what I mean? Um, and it became, you know, the, 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 the sum of, the, of all of the working parts. Well, to, in order to get, you know, to gain that progression that you guys and, you know, the goal, I think the end goal of what you guys were doing, besides uh, people in your community uh, that, the activist part. Well, who were you listening to? Uh, the hip hop artists or different musical genres that kind of helped shape your mind in terms of how you wanted to approach this art form. Me personally, I was listening to a lot of East Coast hip hop, and sometimes we say East Coast hip hop. Uh, separating ourselves from it, but we are the bottom end of the, of the East coast, right. you know? <laughs> so it's still relative, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But you know, there was, for me, there was, there was public enemy. There was the native tongue collective. Um, there was parish on the West coast. You know, I I loved Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, um, Black Sheep. Um, who else? Everybody, Coogee Rap. Because um, I think Road to the Riches was was like Road to the Riches and Ill Street Blues, and you know what I mean. <laughs> so okay. don't don't give me the, don't give me the talking about hip hop, man. I'm, I'm a I'll, I'll end up rambling on here. <laughs> um, I wanted uh, when Goody Mob's album dropped in '95, the debut album, Soul Food, um, and you kind of mentioned it about you mentioned about Southern hip hop and Northeastern hip hop and Northwestern hip hop uh, and the obstacles that were going uh, at the time. Can you kind of talk about what were the obstacles that kind of Southern hip hop had to fight through to kind of gain quote unquote acceptance from the rest of the hip hop community? Well, you know, there was. There's just this, you know, systematic, um, discriminative kind of, you know, that dilemma, that roadblock was there. Um, And it was just, at the time, or prior to Outkast and Goody Mob and Dungeon Family, Atlanta did not necessarily have an identity which means it could not necessarily be identified with. 
considered as categorized as, you know, um, because let's say, for example, Jermaine Dupree's, his approach to gain entry was to emulate somewhat a lot of what was going on um, by coastal wise, you know, uh, the brat and crisscross were uh, hybrids of other things that were, you know, um, prevalent in the marketplace. Snoop Dogg, um, you know, naughty by nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, and then you had Arrested Development. They were a unique, and you know, they they were more or less. Um, they were relative to uh, um, like something like Native Tongue would do. Mm-hmm. So, but it didn't represent the whole of Atlanta, nor did Crisscross, nor did Brat, because she, of course, she wasn't she wasn't originally from Atlanta anyway. Uh, but I love her. She she she's remained a, a really good friend of ours, you know, all of these years. Um, but that that that's really what 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 it was. Um, I believe it. I, I believe that some of it was systematic and some of it was circumstantial. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically trying to be uh, clear and concise when I say that. So um, it just took us a moment to be able to um, be distinguishable uh, with a definitive sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when organized noise and outcast joined forces. And we became a collective. Uh, that fortunates came about. We were able to carve out a niche that was all our own, something very unique and original, um, but embraced, you know, by the entire city and supported by the city. Uh, that first track off of uh, So Food Free is is I think all first tracks are usually like those the table setter, right, for what we could expect for the album, but also. Mm-hmm. If you look at it now, because you know it's you're 25 years in, uh, it's a table setter for your career. Uh, what was the decision process in terms of starting out the album with that track, but also kind of now looking at your career? How is that a table setter for what you've done so far? Um, Free was initially a full length song that we ultimately decided to condensed down into just the intro, but it was just enough. It's just enough of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was, everybody was bringing their own ideas to the table, sharing them. Um, but we all ultimately trusted organized noises, executive production, meaning their opinion and their edit. So I brought free as a, as a full song they decided that it served uh, us better as an intro, and I embraced that. You know what I mean? I trusted them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how that came about. Uh, on the track uh, "Thought Process," you spit. It would be nice to have more, but I kind of like being poor. At least I know what my friends are. And when I heard that lyric, and you know, you hear it when you first you hear it, and you hear it today. All I could think of uh, is the conversation Alan Iverson had on Chris Rock's show when they asked him when he used to bring his friends from the neighborhood to games. And Chris Rock's asked him, like, why you keep doing this? And he's like, well, I know these people. These are the people I trust throughout. Uh, have you, what 
since you've obviously gained riches, have you, has there been obstacles or hesitancy uh, that you've experienced so far in your, you know, your life and the kind of trust stuff that you, you wish you didn't have to experience? Um, I think if you, you know, first of all, you would want your, your drive and ambition and actual talent to take you that far to where you get to a point that it even proposes that problem to you. You know what I mean? Like, so in theory, it's a welcomed problem, you know, up until that point, until it actually becomes a problem. Right. You know? So, but I didn't really experience a lot of, um, of that energy because, um, my, my, my realness, my rearing, um, and, and resilience, it just, it just, I would, re- I repel it, you know, um, in some regard. And I mean, like, you know, um, the energy, you know, it, it, it didn't, it didn't stick with me. You know what I mean? Like not, not so much in comparison to some of the other stories that I've heard, um, and, and examples that, that I've seen. Um, I've always had a small circle of people. Um, and I've always kind of gone about um, my, my path and my artistic journey and path. You know, that's just, you know, my relationship with, with my, my maker. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm I'm the I'm the Highlander <laughs> as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. So, you know, when I when I left the nest, you know, to to pursue my my solo career, you know, I, you know, I just it did it didn't require a lot of people. And so you have to think about it like this: Goody Mob, like we didn't really have. There was a stillness. There was a seriousness um, around us. You know, like. Uh, you know that we omitted you know, as an aura. You know what I mean? Like it was our um, our conversation. It was the narrative associated with us. Like obviously, you know, um, you know, and apparently, and apparent in the music, you could hear it, you could feel it, you knew what we were about. You know, um, so to go on and do solo stuff, you know, I can't. So that that was that was like a covering. You know what I mean, and a and a and a and a almost like a force field, you know, um, that that covered us by by the faith and by the diligence. You know what I mean. So, you know, I, it, it's covered me my entire life, to be totally honest. You know what I mean. But uh, you know, with success, you know, sometimes it can be isolating. You know what I mean, like you know, more so, it can be alienating more so then it puts you in a mix. It just depends on what your, on what your personality is. It's just, that's just never been my motivation. Um, you know, I've always wanted to do something, uh, something special, something significant, you know, for the sake of contributing to culture. You know what I mean? It was, it was all about, it was always about what could I, what could I give, you know, uh, uh, as opposed to what could I, what could I get out of it? You know what I mean? In that way. So it's just never been it's just never been my ambition. So it never came for me in that way. Uh you've 
you've obviously had this amazing career so far from, you know, in groups to solo artists to producing, and you've worked with so many artists. And I obviously never been in a studio with you when you're recording, but I want to, and you've been in, and you've also been in studios with other people when they're recording. And I want to ask you kind of lessons maybe you've learned from other artists that you've watched them in the studio. I'm like, all right, that's a good idea. Let's take away from that. And I, if I could throw out a few names and you could just kind of give quick answers about them, that'd be great. Um, so first off, of course, uh, a great legendary uh, RIP, uh, Tupac. Uh, did you ever have experience of watching him in studio? And what was that takeaway? Man, I had one opportunity to go to the studio with Tupac and I should lie about it and say that I, I, I went, but I didn't. <laughs> Everybody else went but me. I was doing something else. Um, and I was like, man, I can't break away from this at the moment, but y'all go ahead. So um, the rest of the homies, they went over to a studio session. It's actually on tape. Um, so I, I posted it not too long ago was, um, where they went to the session where Tupac was recording, hit them up. You can go to Vlad TV, um, Edi Amin from from the Outlaws. He spoke on that night, right. and you know, if I'd have known that something tragic, you know, and permanent was going to happen behind that, I most certainly would have took that one opportunity to go and meet and greet uh, and be in the company of Pop. But we we had met, you know what I mean. But I never got a chance to go to the studio with him. Uh, uh, Easy Mo B tells a story uh, about uh, working with uh, Tupac and uh, Miles Davis. I mean, obviously separately. And he said the similarities between them was uh, breath control. And Tupac would do things in one take and yell at the engineer if he cut if he tried to do a uh, you know if he cut him off. And Miles Davis same thing would do like one take and it was for him because it's about the live show, right? So you do breath control live show, uh, right. which is pretty incredible to watch. Um, uh, Ti, uh, if you could talk about uh, kind of in studio stuff with him. Well, um, we we were introduced to T.I. by um, Kawan K.P. Prather, who who ended up founding his label off of that find, him discovering T.I. Um, so T.I. was first um, seen on television uh, with us, with Goody Mob. We were on tour. And I remember Joe Claire, it was Rap City. They were on the tour bus with us and we were freestyling on the back of the tour bus. And that's the first time um, that T.I. Uh, was seen. So, you know, we feel, we feel connected to him, not, not responsible mm. uh, for, for what his success was, but he's definitely extended, you know, Dungeon Family by way of KP because KP is first generation dungeon family but he went on to become his own entity you know as an executive you know um so but the 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 one time i worked with ti in the studio uh he came to do a song with me called you're the one produced by by uh jazzy faye for my second my sophomore album CeeLo green is the soul machine and he's the first person that i saw come in kind of was humming to himself in the corner, to the beat. He went in the studio and, 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 and did the whole verse. So that was the first time I had ever seen that. And uh, it matched with his energy and his, uh, his cool, 
his cool arrogance. He was he wasn't too arrogant. You know I mean, like, but you know, he was he, he he's he's always been a confident dude. You know what I mean? So he was definitely confident in his ability, and he killed it. You know what I mean, like, so I, I'm a I'm a witness to that. You know what I mean? That was the first time I saw it. You know, so any, before anybody had proclaimed that they'd done it, whether it be Jay Z or Big, you know, to hear their legend that they that they didn't write necessarily. So he, he definitely was the first one I saw ever do it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, you've obviously not just worked with hip-hop artists. You've worked with uh, a, a artists like Christina Aguilera and uh, Ron Stewart. I mean, what is the... What is their studio sessions like? Uh, I mean, how is it different than... F- when you first saw them, of anything you've saw before? Well, on those two separate occasions, we recorded separately. Oh. I would have loved to sit there and watch Christina sing um, because she's still one of the more famed um, and one of the most accomplished uh, voices and vocalists, you know, that our generation has ever had. Um, so I didn't get a chance to watch her work. The song that we did together uh, was recorded at two separate times. And then also uh, when me and Rod Stewart worked together, he wasn't there as well. He had already done his part. Uh, we did um, Merry Christmas, Baby mm-hmm. uh, for his Christmas uh, album and also my Christmas album. We used that song on both of those separate projects. So I just recorded with the legendary David Foster who produced that record. And I went out to his home in Malibu, which was just a beautiful estate overlooking the water. And I can tell you about that. He was really cool. And, you know, just going down the hallway of his home, 
all of those many different plaques and all of the different things that he was involved in and responsible for. You know, um, he's he's most certainly a legend in his own right. And it was a pleasure and a privilege to be working with him and invited into his home. What, actually, what, what do you look for when you're working with a producer? I mean, or when you're working with an engineer, what are you uh, what are you hoping they're going to you know push out of you that, you know, uh, maybe a past producer has not pushed out of you yet? Um, when I first um, met Danger Mouse, my partner in Norris Barkley, we went into the studio and he said to me, he said, I'm obviously a fan of yours. Um, <laughs> he said, I like what you do for the greater part. <laughs> like I said. So it makes me laugh to think about it because we, we had just met each other. And he was he's just very matter of fact, you know, like, and I can respect that, I can appreciate it. He said, um, I like, you know, the, the greater part of what you do. You know what I mean? Uh, basically saying like I don't like everything you do, but for the most part I like, I like what you do. <laughs> Then he said, he said, but one thing I noticed about you and your work, there's this um, really positive connotation, you know what I mean, uh, thematically that runs throughout, you know, almost everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And he said, so I figure that someone who wants to do that much good has probably more than likely done an equal amount of bad. He said, and that's what I want to hear. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, because he was he was right in some regard. You know what I mean? Right. Like I had my whole career has been about redemption. So ultimately they 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 were redemption songs, mm -hmm. you know, trying to uh trying to give some goodness, you know, uh in exchange for mercy because I had not always uh, been the best version of myself. Hmm. Uh, I want to turn to uh, this kind of the sound or the Southern sound. Uh, I mean, you obviously represent that with, and, and with the soul that your music brings. Like, I think I went through a phase of not enjoying Northeast hip hop as much and going down South because I felt that that Northeast hip hop might've lost their soul in a way. Yeah. Um, what is it about, uh, the Southern hip hop creative community that, that kind of epitomizes the, the soul that comes through the, 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 the music. Um, well, there was, there was a time, you know, when the, the bridge between the generations was, you know, was, that rites of passage, you know, where some a, a hardcore hip hop act like Black Moon, for example, could sample Barry White. Mm -hmm. You know, I got your open remix, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. And it still worked. You know, it worked exceptionally well. So that was a nod to what I like to call our parents' music 
or that old soul that uh ancestry.com basically <laughs> you know um it's the lineage you know and we were keeping you know that 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 sentiment in terms of texture and nuance alive you know what i mean like uh so it ultimately made the song soulful overall because it's a mood and it's a ghost in that music you know what i mean you can't you can't reproduce it you have to you have to you have to be it in some regard. And so then you have to be grateful for producers like, um, like Evil D, um, Mr. Walt. Shout out to them. So you kind of gotta, you gotta kind of wonder what that conversation or that process was like. They may, they may have found it, you know, produced it, you know, like imagine them playing it for Drew High and Buck. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm, you know, like, I like that. You know, like, or what if they didn't necessarily like it at first, but it was that conversation of Mr. Walt saying, like, or, 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 or evil saying, like, yo, you you should go here with it. You should try try this. So you don't really know what their what their method was, but mm -hmm. the 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 end result is a classic hip hop record. So I'm saying that to say, you know, the, the then the era after that. That's when Puffy and Bad Boy brought. That era, I mean, like it gave um, hip hop this glossy, shiny, pop, plastic appeal. You know what I mean? And that's not to be condescending. It's just pop polished. You know what I mean? Um, so he he did not only he you know so he went a step further. He didn't sample obscure soul songs. He sampled mainstream, totally recognizable hit records. You know what I'm saying? Like the most blatant and deliberate parts of them. You know right. what I mean? So he wasn't trying to chop it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he was like, like, no, nah, I'm using it. <laughs> but that lent itself to the way hip hop started. I mean, like it was, it started that way with Sugar Hill Gang and Chic, you know, Rapper's Delight. So, you couldn't really throw a you couldn't really throw a rock at it because it it, it introduced hip hop you know to the world. You know I mean, like you know, in the grandest fashion. You know what I mean? So they, there's a saying in the industry that says the difference between good and bad is is the budget. You know, mm -hmm. so it was just this big budgeted, and, and it, all it meant to me was just, just that his executive decision or influence. Um, him coming from an A and R incapacity, um, he he convinced that he convinced the industry of those those um those entities that had those budgets that hip hop was worth the investment. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think he did it. You know, um, with the best intentions. But you're right. It then took some of the. It took a lot of the soul away. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.